the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 30. Phoebe and Jeremy form a team of detectives. They have a lot to share. Late that afternoon, business slowed down at the toy store, and Phoebe was trying to stir up some action in the courtyard. The Flores brothers were showing off their skills, juggling a soccer ball. Phoebe joined them and managed to return a few passes with no pain. Every sign of the recovery of strength and range of motion in her knee filled her with elation. Gilligan had begun to complain, but she pointed out that their antics attracted an audience and that traffic and sales in the store were up. Jeremy walked through the front gate and, without a word, joined their game. Phoebe was relieved to see that he was pretty good. Not spectacular like Gio and Nico Flores, soccer geniuses at age 12 and 13. But Jeremy was not bad at all. After returning an errant pass with a behind-the-back kick with a heel, he looked at her and smiled. Nice. Slick move. You didn't think I could play, did you? As more teens arrived to play, Phoebe and Jeremy stepped back and sat on the bench. So, are you ready to talk? I'm ready. I've been giving it a lot of thought. And I'm hoping to take you on a little fishing trip in the forest. Maybe... On your day off? On Monday? Uh, fishing? I'm not sure. That's alright. Fishing is just an excuse to show you something. We might not fish at all. Look, why don't we have coffee at Sammy's when you get off work? Will you meet me there? They agreed and returned to their jobs. That evening, when Phoebe entered the coffee shop... She spotted Jeremy sitting alone at a booth in the back. She slipped into the seat opposite him and signaled Sammy for a coffee. Her heart was racing with excitement. For the past couple of hours, she'd been considering Abby's letter from every angle she could think of. And she realized that the direction of her life was changing rapidly. Okay, let's get down to business. Jeremy, I've got to tell you something. Jeremy leaned across the table to hear her. This morning, Glenda showed me a letter she got from Abby. Their faces were close together, eye to eye. It's mostly good news. Abby's safe and wants to return to town. But... She wants me to find her a job at the toy store 
and a place to live, either at the store or the church. What? Yeah, Abby wants a place to live. She won't visit Glenda anymore because it's too dangerous. The store or the church? Could she really do that? Well, my family used to live in the loft over the store, but I'm afraid to ask Gilligan or Reverend Huck either. They'll probably think I'm crazy, but I've got to do something. And Glenda says her house is being watched by some guy behind the trees across the field, but she doesn't want to call the police. She wants them, she wants to let them see that Abby's not there. Do you get the point? The responsibility's been passed to me. Hmm. It's strange. Living at the store or the church. But really, why not? It can't hurt to ask Reverend Tuck and Gilligan. Just ask if they could ever consider having someone living there. See what happens. But it's not just someone, it's Abby. I'll have to tell them her name. Oh, this would be all so much easier if we could just talk to her. Don't get your hopes up. I doubt if we'll find her, but at some point she'll find us. We've got to learn more and be ready. Phoebe wore a gloomy expression. But Jeremy gave her a look of great enthusiasm. Phoebe, this is really exciting. This is something important to do. Don't you see? It's a lot of responsibility. Abby wants me to figure this out before she returns. And that could be within the next few days. We'll figure it out together. I'm not worried. You're no one to push around. Phoebe glanced at Jeremy, unsure of his meaning. He smiled. We do. We do make a good team. Their eyes met just long enough for Phoebe to become embarrassed. Sammy arrived with two coffees. She poured cream to cool it down and took a few gulps. Jeremy leaned back, thinking over the situation. What I'd like to know is why these men are after Abby. At least part of it's about these amazing new vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Sammy sells them right here. But they're not delivered often, and they sell out right away. Abby made a mistake selling them to Scudder, and they've been chasing her ever since. Scudder and his friends are desperate to know where these things are grown. I know a little about this too. From Jim. He always has a few lemon cukes and those new squashes and beans. But it's hard to believe that that's all there is to it. I know. I'm sure there's more. A lot of people are keeping secrets. The question is, 
Why? We need to know what we're up against. How about taking a little walk? We can talk about this outside. Phoebe left a couple of dollars on the table and they strolled out into the lingering heat. Darkness covered the town. The air was still. Nothing moved on the street. Let's not go down Main Street. It'll be cooler among the trees on Hobart Avenue. Did you walk or drive? I walked. So, we'll go slowly toward the gas station. They strolled up Bridge Avenue and turned left on Hobart. Soon they were in the quiet darkness under the sycamore trees. I have a pretty good idea of where the vegetables are being grown in the forest. I'll take you there on Monday. Jeremy, how did you find that out? Jim is in on this. He's doing something in the forest every week that he won't tell me about. Especially on Sundays. He heads out on his path behind the house, through the swamp, and is gone the whole morning. I sleep in the loft over the office in the gas station. And from my window, I've seen him leave just at sunrise. He comes back at two or three in the afternoon and opens the station like he's been sleeping late. Once, he wasn't back till evening. Now, I open without him. Neither of us mention it. It's like we agree not to notice. I've been wondering what goes on there. Jeremy looked at Phoebe and saw that he had her attention. I'm pretty good at exploring in the woods, so I decided to check it out. And I discovered something. There's a secret zone in the forest, an area you can't get to. Some incredibly skilled people have spent years disguising it. This must be where they're raising those vegetables. I'll come. I'm ready. Now, let's concentrate on Abby for a minute. People are hunting for her. That's what keeps me awake at night. What can we do to help her? Could she be hiding in this secret zone? As they slowly walked along, the moon was beginning to rise, spreading the shadows of leaves over the street. Did Glenda say anything else when you spoke to her this morning? For a few days, she tried to call Abby's parents in Ridgewood, but got no answer. She's sick of worrying and has decided to enter a summer program at Teachers College with Tiny in preschool. I've learned a few things about Mitch Connolly. Yes, I've been thinking about him. He runs the Half Moon Florist, not far from the Garden Center. Right, but there's more. About a year ago, he made an offer to buy the garden center. Apparently, he was very insistent and named a high price. Phoebe stood still. 
shocked. All right, this is war. She stared off into space. Well, that sure got your attention. Uh, They want to buy every place we know and love. Sammy's, the toy store, now the garden center. They've already got the bookstore and the pizzeria. And I have the feeling they've got a long-range plan. A complete takeover. Sooner or later, they'll want the forest. And what will be left? Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.